This is for my future baby mama. Hope your skin is black as midnight. I'll take you out there under. I can put you in the bins. I can balance out your chakras. Fornication is a sin. We can fuck our night regardless. Our father, all in heaven as I pray for new McLaren's. Pray the police don't come blow me down. Cause of my complexion, everybody think they know me now. Cause I'm chicken checking. Negro, you are not my homie. How dare you think it's different, boy? You tripping. Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, the place where we discuss the hot villains of any gender from any genre. This includes crime, drama, action, adventure, romance, and good old horror. We're your hosts, Eric Blake, Markella Dykfess, Natasha Baptiste, and our guest, Brendan Baptiste. Because you guys are related. Kaboom. <laughs> um, Wait. <laughs> of the Seattle Baptiste? <laughs> um, it's Brendan. Right. <laughs> I have no idea what it's like almost like a dyslexia type thing. Oh, which I'm not even names. sure if I actually have that or not. But I am having a time right now. Well, Brendan, <laughs> what's uh what's your favorite villain of all time? Um Doctor Doom. Mm. Wait, shouldn't we play our little elevator game? What's the elevator game? What's the ele- oh. the elevator game where he gets to pick three villains? Oh, that's how you were phrasing that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yay, my game! So we haven't thought of a title for this yet, but Brendan, you're our second guest to play. Okay. And so it kind of takes your temperature a little bit on where you sit in the villain community. And Doctor Doom <laughs> might not be an answer to this question, actually. So. Well, it could be. But it, it, that's a good question to say, what's your favorite villain if you have one? And then also... Okay, so the elevator game is as follows... You are stuck in a um, hospital-grade elevator, which is, like, the kind that they push all those huge, like, equipment in, or, like, a hospital bed if they need be. Mm. So it's a large elevator, and you're stuck in it with three villains, and we're wondering which three villains they would be, and they could be based on, like, how hot they are, or if you don't mind if they kill you, or if you... Can hang out with them a little bit what? to have a conversation. I do mind. If you want to hang, if you want to hang out with them and have a conversation. No, there's been so many people lately in our research that's you might like, be in that elevator a oh my long gosh, time. I want so and so to like slip my throat. Like it is a so when you, you when you dive deep, you're like, oh, that is a fantasy. Exactly, um, and it's surprising that's actually something new that i didn't know before doing this podcast i didn't know that people had fantasies of being killed by some of these villains but anyway (laughs) brendan which three villains and this could be for movies or television shows and then eric had the idea of one of those villains if you would like could be from a book or a play or any other kind of media well they would all be comic books okay so I think Doctor Doom is number one. And who is Doctor Doom? Uh, he's basically the, the the ultimate villain in Fantastic Four. If you've ever okay. followed no. any of the Fantastic Four comics, he's kind of a mad scientist of sorts. Like he's he's an engineer. He can kind of <laughs> create anything. So he could probably get you out of the elevator. That wouldn't even be an issue. <laughs> okay. Doctor Doom. Like, I mean, you have, you have to. He owns all the elevators. Well, put it, put it like this: if you if you know anything about Fantastic Four, I've always said that Fantastic Four makes terrible movies. However, I feel like they're the greatest group of superheroes. And so, when you look at their villains, they're always insane because 
you call Avengers if you don't want my city to get blown up. Like, you call Fantastic Four when you don't want the galaxy destroyed. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so when you look at, like, the people that they fight is, like, Galactus, Doctor Doom. Like, they fight Galactus incredible eats people. Galactus eats planets Right. Jesus, okay. So, like I was saying, with Doctor Doom, he's... To me, he's just kind of like he looks the part. He looks evil. He's got the full metal suit. One of the greatest rappers of all time, MF Doom, looks like him. Like there's like a whole lot about. He looks him. like Doctor Doom. Yeah, he's got the wears the mask. Like Doctor Doom is a great comic book villain. And so I don't know because we actually were cut off in your mid sentence. So I don't know if we caught this part or not. But I had asked you if he if you were in an eleva- an elevator with Doctor Doom. How- I feel like you'd be in there for like seconds. So this would be like up to him how long you guys are in there for. Well, he's he's a, an engineer by trade. So if we're stuck in an elevator, we're not going to be stuck in there very long. So who, what other two villains would you and Dr. <laughs> Doom be uh, in there with? Magneto and Apocalypse. Who's mm. Apocalypse? The ultimate mutant. Oh. He's the number one. He's where all mutants come from. I like his name. He's the X-Men's main villain. Yeah, so Apocalypse, he's basically, he's the original mutant. So he has every mutant's powers already. Because everybody comes, they're basically birthed from him. And so you can't really kill him. You can only really contain him. And eventually (laughs) he comes back and just destroys shit again. So like... (laughs) You can sell a lot of books where they try. (laughs) Right. This might be an annoying question, which one is Magneto again? Okay, so Mag- <laughs> Yay! Okay, so Mag- Magneto is... To, to me, Mag- I think <laughs> if there's a superpower that I want, I feel like Magneto is that guy. So he controls magnetism, and a lot of what he does isn't really scientifically sound. <laughs> but as far as comic books goes, it works out great. He is a good villain, now that I know he's a, who yeah, he is. Magneto's a great villain, because he's... I mean, there's multiple characters that I feel like fall in the same sort of category. You can call him a villain, but he's not really a villain. It just kind of depends on which way you're looking at him. So Magneto is sort of, if you want to break down what the X-Men kind of represent, it's like Professor X is sort of the Martin Luther okay. King. Magneto is sort of the Malcolm X. Okay, ah. so Magneto is the guy with the, okay, with the Michael Fassbender. I've, okay. I've only seen that movie once, so that's what I was going well, off which, of. I was like, which one is Magneto? The one in the wheelchair? No. Yeah, <laughs> no. He's the one that controls magnetism. And, and he's Ian, the one with got the it. Ian McKellen plays him in uh, the Patrick Stewart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Magneto that you're thinking of in the comic books, mm. like what age group is he in? He's an older guy because he was, okay. he was um, a survivor of the Holocaust. As far as the, the comic books yeah. goes, he's, he's a little bit older. Okay. Yeah. And of your three, I would say he's the most of the troubled past trope, which uh, certainly ties into today's villain. Yeah. yeah. But like I, I said, yeah, he's totally. not, it, it depends on which way you look at him kind of determines whether or not he's a villain. But as we continue into <laughs> yeah. this, uh, you know, into, into Black Panther, we can make that same argument there as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of am being refreshed a little bit memory-wise with who and what Magneto is, and you're right. Um that sounds like a very intellectual and very powerful elevator experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, we're not stuck in the elevator with any of these people. <laughs> um, okay, and then before we get started, is there anything that you want to like be known for right away, like your job or anything that you do in Seattle, or are you just no? I actually Brendan? I don't live in Seattle. I actually, to be completely honest with you, I hate coming here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, welcome. Because you're from. <laughs> I used to live in King County, and when I left, like I never looked back at it. Like, I worked in downtown Seattle for a while, and it just, you start your day off in just the worst mood when it takes two hours to get to work. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. you know, for me, when I moved down to Olympia, I just stay there now. Oh, you live, <laughs> you live in Olympia? Yeah. yeah. Did I know that? Yeah. Olympia's far away. Uh, well, hour. thank you for coming all the way. Well, that's up why here. I, I didn't make it the last time because <laughs> yeah, because he was stuck. In I DuPont. left Olympia. Yeah. I got stuck in Dupont, and I was like, "Screw this! I'm going home." But, that's uh, fine. Yeah. I, I got, <laughs> and this is good podcast material. I got stuck on that I five traffic like the day before the podcast, and basically just forgot about it when I was on my way to record. And I was like, yeah. "Oh!" <laughs> then I got there, and realized, "Oh, yeah." They were fixing 12 exits on I-5 North. Yeah, yeah, and I actually, I got stuck in that the day before because I, I currently work on Camp Murray. It's a National Guard base. And so... That's where you work? Yeah. Ooh la la. So we were doing an event on Pier, was it 57, I think it is? The one yeah. that's got the uh, the Ferris wheel and all that? Mm-hmm. We had an event there that was for, I believe it was for Gold Star Youth, which are basically kids who have lost a parent in um in war and so we do these events every once in a while and this was just kind of one for them to kind of get together network kind of build community hang out get something to eat ride the ferris wheel and so i had to come up and take pictures for that so i got stuck in that traffic where it was nailed i think it was only one lane open this was like last week so i missed like the speaker and all that and it's my job to take photos of all this (laughs) stuff and i missed the entire like was someone else just like on their cell phone taking pictures for you? <laughs> yeah, pretty well. Actually, I had uh, the VA was there and took photos, so it's just that works out because we can kind of share. Yeah, yeah, material. Well, yeah. that sounds lovely. I remember when I would commute back down to Lacey at night because I would work until eight, and I'm like, "Cool, there's going to be no traffic," except they would shut down every lane but one all the way to like right before you get to Tacoma. And I was like, what the fuck? So I'd always have to take back roads. It would always take me two hours to get home. <laughs> well, that's why I lived in SeaTac for so many years. But you had a sweet apartment. But Guess you... who else had a sweet apartment? <laughs> Eric Killmonger. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. It had glowy bits in it. I don't know if he lived there for very long after his royal father was murdered, but... <laughs> ghetto in Oakland. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It had glowy. Bits. That apartment had a ton of hidden guns in there, which is not exactly yeah. safe for children unless they were unloaded. I guess. Um, <sighs> okay. So. <laughs> so awesome segue on my part. Today we're doing Eric Killmonger from Black Panther, our first Marvel film. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. So, okay, so I knew that he was a villain in the Marvel Universe, blah, 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 but you know what that makes him? He's a supervillain. And I'm sure if you read a lot of comic books, like I'm sure you do, have you read any Black Panther comic books? No. To be honest with you, I stopped reading comic books when I was probably about 15. Okay. I just didn't have it in my in mind that he's a supervillain, and to me, that word is like way more like flashy and kind of like pumped up, because there's like superheroes and they fight supervillains. 
And I know that we do like a villain podcast. And so because this is our first like, I mean, the Riddler was like, I guess he's a super villain, but nobody really considers him that. Oh, no, because he always no. failed. I guess it depends on what do you define as a supervillain because I feel like most of DC's characters are not super. Yeah, I don't think of Two Face as like a supervillain, but like Magneto and people like that, I'm like, yeah, supervillain. Yeah, none of them have powers. Oh, That's what, like, I, is that what makes a supervillain? I think yeah. so, but I, I guess it depends on what what you define as a supervillain. No, you're right That's... because a superhero is like a hero that has like that has powers. powers. Yeah, That's okay. why I consider. <laughs> So I'm going to catch a lot of we... backlash for this, but I consider Batman to be a terrible hero because he doesn't he's not a fight superhero. any. He only fights people that come out of a mental hospital. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Gotham a is a rich white man sad. holding down the mentally <laughs> disabled. Yeah, sad he's just face. beating up people that have mental issues. Um, it's kind of really messed up if you really think about so it. So, Eric Killmonger. What a hero. <laughs> He is a supervillain because he does, at least in the film, because I know next to nothing about the Black Panther comic mm-hmm. books, but he does ingest the flowers that give you the, is it like vibranium flowers? Yeah, vibranium. Well, vibranium is the metal. But like, what are the, what flowers? Are the flowers? Those are just like the flowers from the thing that also, that the vibranium. I think there's a little bit more like magical. Like the flowers are magic because they like made give you Black the Panther other powers. Ca- yeah, the other, they save the other guy's life. So they take away his Black Panther powers and give it back because the superhuman abilities they have are superhuman (laughs) intelligence, tacticians. Is that why enhanced strength, speed, agility, and a durability? So that's what I believe they're calling the Black Panther powers in the movie. But they never do that exposition because this is a good movie that had a good world. Do you suppose that Shuri is so intelligent then because she had some of the? No, because the flower no. is only for, like, the kings. He's the only one that's allowed to have it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that. So, <laughs> I guess if we if we go back, with Black, Black Panther is really long, long, long overdue because he's actually an extremely old um, character. He's been around just as long, if not longer, than Captain America. Well, aren't there so, tie-ins, too? Like, well, yeah, because... Between yeah, the vibranium... Well, Captain America's shield is made out of vibranium. Yeah, so that story should have been told... A long time ago. There was an actor in the 90s that did, I don't know, was it Blade or something? But he did a movie because he couldn't do Black Panther. Wesley Snipes? I guess. He's the one from Blade. What What other superhero movies was there in the 90s where that was like, it was basically like, well, we can't do Black Panther, so we're doing this instead. Really, it's you have Blade and you have Spawn, and that's pretty much it. Maybe it wasn't Spawn. So maybe it was Blade, but like I, it was like some actor that was like, I really want to do Black Panther, and they just like couldn't make it happen. So he did Blade, I guess. That would make sense, and it wouldn't be the first time because Ryan Reynolds really wanted to make Deadpool all those years, and like acted in a really bad movie, which yeah. had the the Deadpool character, but finally got to make it on his terms. But I can see that happening, trying to get something workshop like that. I wonder if they just thought Blade would work better because vampire movies were already doing pretty well. There was yeah. a, if you think about that That's time, adorable. there was a ton of vampire movies. Oh like, my there god, was like, so many. Um, Aaliyah did that, Queen of the Damned. Oh yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to do that, by the way. <laughs> and I'm going to play that movie for a weird movie night too. Like that movie is so overdue yeah, for, in my world. Blade worked out great. 
because of that. Like, who doesn't want to see vampires get murdered? (laughs) With swords. Works on a lot of levels. Works on so many levels. Let's scale it back. And how we usually start the podcast is we describe what our villain looks like, just in general terms. His clothes, his hair, what have you. So... This is a villain that kind of looks mostly like the actor. So we have, this is how I feel about it. I feel like someone took Michael B. Jordan as like a paper doll and there's all these like stickers around him. And they just posted and they're like, pasted stuff on yeah, him. Yeah, like let's put him in this hairstyle, which I love. Um, that was cool. And like let's put like the gold fangs here on him and then like a, some glasses and then that like knit robe he looked like he was wearing a bunch of kanye stuff like he they they just made him look like he was like a rapper and you just never heard of him it was almost like when he popped on you're like are we watching hip-hop in atlanta i don't know any of these people his clothes look like they've never been worn before like they looked so nice i was like it looks like he just bought them today and then just came (laughs) <laughs> to yeah. our gallery was like i'm taking this like don't act hood here could you stop <laughs> um the, i'm very excited that they i don't i don't think i would have liked him with hair as long as eric killmonger normally has it in the comic books because it's like down like kind of to his boobies yeah a little bit he usually look at how he used to look like old school like in the comics. He, he had like a basically like a jerry curl. Back yeah. In the day. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, there's you notice that a lot with Marvel, you know, the way they look in the comic books really looks goofy if you try to translate it onto film. I think his name sounds goofy, uh, Killmonger. What if he'd had Well his jerry real curls. name is he changed it, his it, name. Yeah, it wouldn't look Njadaka. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if you, if, like, Wolverine, the traditional suit that you think of Wolverine with the yellow, and, it's like, hokey. it would look really stupid on film. Yeah. And so, if we had, like, Killmonger running out there with the jerry curl, you'd be like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> if he had been, but he, if he had been maybe an actor in his early 50s and he had the jerry curl, I think that would have worked nowadays as or, well. Or if they had worked in the Soul Glue commercial from Coming to America, I would have been down. But it wasn't a period piece. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a period piece. Oops. Yeah. The That's because, makes they, sense. because their timelines are never the same as their films. So this movie was made in what seems to be today. But as far as the comic goes, you know, this is like 60s or 70s or something. You know, I, they'll, they'll never make a film that looks old like that just because of... I guess as short as our attention spans are, we'll, yeah. we'll, it'll look. They, the only times they do is like Batman and Captain America. Like they'll totally go back. They do, time. yeah. They definitely yeah. do that with Captain America. But like they, I said, Black Panther—that's the same timeline. So yeah. I mean, in reality, Black Panther should be in Captain America's timeline because the vibranium shield yeah. that they yeah. stole. That they stole. So the biggest victim here is Jerry Curls. <laughs> <laughs> I did see people on, I think it was mostly YouTube, but it was kind of every in, on Twitter as well. People just really hating um, when Eric had his hair up, like in the museum. They said it looked like a radish or something, or a veg, like a the top of a carrot. And I, that was my favorite. That was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, as far as his hair, because he moves his hair like. Every which way, like, throughout the movie, he, like, pins it in different directions. But that one was my favorite because it just 
Was that the one where it kind of went over his eye a little bit? Yeah, I think like that's when it was like and a little bit glasses. more. Yeah, it was like his glasses. as close as he came to a hipster disguise. It was, yeah, it was glorious. I cut my locks like six months ago or so, but I had like five years of dreads, and like his with his his is like a flat top though. Like he grew yeah. like a flat top and then got dreads, so his, it's shaved on the sides. And so, like, because that was Michael's real hair too, and he spent forever growing that out. It takes a long time. Yeah, it takes forever. You know, you know what? What I would call his hairstyle there is a pineapple. Like when you. That's what they were saying. That's the other one. They were saying radish and a pineapple is what he looked like, and I disagree. But (laughs) I I think it like. Like I said, we—I would call it a pineapple. I don't—I don't find anything wrong with calling it a pineapple. Well, they were saying it because they didn't like it. Very I clever. loved it. Completely disarmed those museum people. Oh yeah, they didn't think they... twice. Nope. Yeah. And they drank poison coffee. <laughs> and to be, to be honest with you, that scene is the only reason why I would call him a villain because I don't feel like anything else he did is actually a villain. That's what I got from other. I, he was a good villain, but it. It can go either way. But the other thing people were saying was like, no, I think they both wanted the same things. The execution was just two completely different. Yeah. Because Black Panther didn't grow up like in Oakland in the 80s. He grew up in this like shielded suburbia of Africa while like his cousin that he didn't even know existed was just like, okay, I have no parents in the hood. I feel like T'Challa was kind of rude though. I think that when everybody I mean, found out who angry. Eric was, but he would Eric like did all of that to get there and like he was kind of being hostile and stuff, but if I was T'Challa or like his mom, I would have been so much nicer. They were immediately like, he came in the dungeon, hostile. banish him. He needs he to came leave. He came in a little hot. He came in, well, have, he came in hot. I know, but <laughs> Well, you have And they didn't really know. Things to consider like with that. For one, he was very, very close to his uncle. And his uncle is the whole reason why this whole thing started. That's the, the... Forrest Whitaker's Forrest character. Whitaker, yeah. okay. Yeah. And so when you find out that Forrest Whitaker's character is not the perfect guy that he thinks, like, you know, that's the reason why when he comes in, he goes, yeah, he came in, he kills my dad and tries to cover this all up. And I actually have a run at this throne. Yeah, you're going to be like, yeah, throw that guy in the dungeon, man. Like, I know, <laughs> I know that, I mean, obviously, Eric is so upset with them. But I'm just saying, like, they didn't exactly know his intentions when he showed up and he was like, I'm your king's brother. I got here all by myself. Hi, auntie. And we as the audience know how upset he is because they abandoned him. Mm-hmm. They killed his dad when his dad was pretty much trying to do the right thing. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, like, they didn't know all that. And I would have been like, hey, I love you, too. Like, you're my It wasn't that kind of reunion, though. I mean, he came in hot and hostile. And you don't, they didn't really figure out his story till much later. It's not like they knew everything. No one really knew other than the uncle and the husband, maybe the aunt. But like he's literally the only one. But like because everybody else at this point is dead. Yeah. So no one really knew his background, but these few people who never told anyone anything, and it wasn't to protect their like community. It was out of complete shame because they knew what they did was kind of fucked up. Did- but I do understand why the former king killed 
kind of killed his brother. I kind of get it. I don't. He, well, well he was well, selling vibranium. He stole vibranium and he was selling it. He stole it and he was going to sell it and who knows what would have happened. Because yeah. I guess for them, they felt like it was too unsafe and they were worried no, that it they would knew fall exact- immediately into the wrong hands. Exactly. That's why it was kept such a secret. That's why it was such a hidden community because they're like, well, they're just going to steal from us. Like the whole world will come and attack us if they knew we don't have enough people to fight the entire world from getting vibranium. And so, of course, they're going to keep their little community kind of like hush-hush secret, but that's why Eric was so pissed. Yeah, that's this is Killmonger's entire beef. Well, well, I guess you have two of it. So yeah. you have, for one, they killed they kill his father basically in front of him. Yeah. Um, and then they cover up the entire thing. They don't bring him home. They don't bring him to his people. They don't give them any of that. Right? Oh, that's totally yeah. their so, fault. So that's where the where the anger part of it's going to come from. But then the other side of that, yeah, he grew up in Oakland, and so all he's ever seen is black people get mistreated. And now he's going into Wakanda and seeing they've got everything, and they have the ability to help all black people succeed, but they don't. They hide everything. Yeah, that I feel so like that's that, his problem. It bugs yeah. me more than I think <clears throat> I've heard anybody talk about. Unless I've missed something twice, because I've only seen the movie twice, but why doesn't Wakanda do anything to help literally like anyone because on the planet? They, they don't want people to find out what their secret is. Like, the like, same argument applies, like, if everyone found out, like, they're big within themselves, but to the entire world, they're so small. So if everyone found out, it would be like, it's just like with oil today, like, or think about how <laughs> we didn't Africa give a fuck about the Middle has East already we been exploited oil. in the past. Like, yeah. They, they were like, exploited for one were, thing. But, but they were around back then in this fictitious universe. Mm. They were like around when all of that was happening. So it does bother me that Wakanda is like, oh, look at our cool streets. We can go shopping. And do I think whatever, they kind but of like, were like uh, did they not know that no, all of this knew. was happening? Like, no, in America, they, no, there was references. They absolutely no. They, they knew. They, That's why they kept calling the white guy colonizer. Like they That's knew. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> they, their thing is bothers they, me because they came up on vibranium, right? So now they are able to build this society, and everything for them is great. And if you were to say, "Hey, guess what? We have this vibranium. Here's our technology," they'll just be exploited for it. Oh, and yeah. so they kept that under wraps and just kind of pick and chose their own battles. So like I said, there's, I don't, I don't necessarily fault them for that because every place that gets anything gets exploited by the next person that has bigger guns, right? So I don't fault them for that. But I also understand Killmonger's point of view is like, well, everybody else that isn't here is getting completely screwed and you're not doing anything about it. Yeah. When yeah. you really could. So yeah. <clears throat> you guys were saying earlier about how if Eric even is considered a villain, but I feel like I feel like he is just because he has like a mental health issue that came directly from his dad got killed and then he was what brought up by himself because they never mention if he has a mom or not, do they? I don't think the mom was really in the picture. They don't really talk about it though. No, so it doesn't, yeah. and it doesn't even really. I don't know. He just didn't have like his dad with him, and so who knows if he even had a mom. But I feel like if he did have a mom, he like left really quick because he doesn't seem to have like any sort of anything tethering him to America. And he grew up with all of this stuff around him, and so where we get villains from is people that take in all of the negativity that's around them 
and they e- they can either go one direction or the other direction, which is get re- like revenge, violence, murder. And Eric takes his shirt off, and he's killed like two thousand people. <laughs> like yeah. I know that he was like but in the military, military, but though, so like I mean, that, that was his job. Yeah. But like the way he talks about, he's like, I've killed so many people, and I'm here to kill you. That's my revenge. Um, and you were saying that in the museum, that's the only scene where he, like, really feels like a villain. Well, because he maliciously kills people. So, I'm just saying that he's pretty much not a villain. It's just that he has this way of thinking where he killed his girlfriend. Like, he makes out with her, like, after the museum. They, like, jump in the van. They're, like, kissing. And then Andy Circus takes her hostage and he just shoots through her to shoot him. And so he just she knew what has she was getting into. He <laughs> has these qualities of a villain, but that's his choice that he made, which is why he's considered a villain. Because there's someone that could go through everything that he went through and not be so villainous. He yeah. does have a yeah. lot of wrong done to him, but yeah, he doesn't choose the path of healing through this. Because be- yeah. yeah. you you're on his side. Like every, that's the point of of Black Panther. You're on his side the whole time you understand what he's talking about why he's doing what he's doing except for some of those things are really bad and you're like eric please don't do it this way eric please don't say this thing his argument's completely valid though totally so like his his whole deal is i want to arm people so they can they can take over Mm-hmm. See, that's the part that you agree with. That And that's, yeah, because, I mean, you have, the whole world has done that to everybody. And basically he's saying, look, we have the power to get these people in a better spot, but you're holding it back just for yourself. Yeah. You're like, you don't want to help people. So to me, he's, he's sort of the Magneto of this, where it's like, ultimately they both kind of had the same goals, but he's more militant about it. And, you know, like, when we talk about, like, all the scarring and stuff on him, like, he's he's military, that's what he did. You know, he was special forces. So, whether the, the scarring part of it, that's part of costume design, because you can look at pictures of uh, tribes in Africa who do the scarification, so that part of it works as far as costume design. But if we're saying he's going out there and killing all these people, he's marking himself over it, is that much different than, and I'm saying this as a veteran myself, but is that much different than somebody that wears medals on their chest? I don't know because I don't know how many people those people have killed. <laughs> I'm saying I mean, you, get, you get medals for killing people. people. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be real about what the military is, when you see a guy walking around with a chest full of medals, not all of them come from that, but a, a lot of them uh-huh. come from being in some sort of military conflict. And so is he making a scar any different than somebody wearing a chest of metal? But it but, it is extreme that he remembers. It's not that he remembered. He like remembers the, how many. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thing that was kind of, that kind of, like, made him a little bit more over the top as far as, like, a, a villain goes. Because it's not just, like, I was doing my job. It was like, no, I remembered every person. No, because he was, like, really proud of it. <laughs> yeah. So if I, for instance, if I met someone in the military... And they're like, I killed this many people. Doesn't that make me cool? I would be like, no. But like, if someone's excited. Like that, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they they're not. It. I don't like them. <laughs> but again, that's my opinion. I just, I don't know if that's supposed to be right or wrong. But if I ever met anyone that's like super excited and thinks that it's like very like 
positive or like cool to say like look at how many people i killed just in general i would be like Bleh. yeah i mean you can you can look throughout <laughs> history and see people have done this forever whether it's they're taking thumbs or they're taking cool. ears, or they're taking, you know what I mean? Like, throughout history, people have done this. And so, like, what he's doing is not really anything new, necessarily. No. But, you know, obviously it's a more visually extreme way of doing it, and it works well for, for movies. Probably one of my favorite parts is when he took off his shirt. Not because he took <laughs> off his shirt, but because it, I thought yeah, that was just a really great way to depict who he is without him going into a really deep backstory and yeah. how he's tried and to connect with like his lost roots yeah. because that is a really traditional oh yeah undertaking and one of the mm. points that uh i got from this podcast that i didn't really think about was i love fight scenes in action movies and any type of movie really but um one of the things they really touched on was that the fighting in this film was really brutal and intimate and you're kind of like oh shit like it's a lot to the take in. is very nice. Yeah, like it's Lead pretty in-depth, but it also has like a really deep purpose that you get with like a lot of little subtleties. Like you understand how important this fight, his first fight with um, M'Baku, like you get the importance of it without them having to really go deep into it with all the tribal leaders just like on the rocks right. and all their traditional garb. And then M'Baku coming out with his gorilla mask, like... Make like so making the sound like, visually looked amazing. It looked how he was just kind of barking through that yeah. skull. Like and it, he was my favorite. I can't character, remember that beat, none. but I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when he yes. came out, I was like, oh my god, favorite character. And then you didn't see him again for an hour. I was like, yeah. what? I didn't <laughs> even he know was... he was the same guy because when he goes into that fight thing to like challenge the king status. He seemed a lot tinier, and then when you see him on the throne again, he's like covered in those he's furs. Huge. And he looks like a giant. He looks like a football well, player. <laughs> in the comics, he's humongous. He's yeah. really, he looked really big. Like that on the throne for sure. Yeah. yeah. And he has a I superhero do, uh... name in, or supervillain name in the comics. He's a uh, man ape. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they talked about that. They talked about that in the. Uh, Very hard not to say it though. In the podcast, mayonnaise. and they're like, "I'm really glad they changed his name because it could have went left real quick." Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I I read that and I was like, "Man, Ape, huh?" Mm. And they're like, keep, "But this was the keep 60s. it Mbaku. <laughs> that is ridiculous." Was they did not. A name in the that comics? was his name in the comics. Oh, okay. But he is like his villain name was Man Ape, and they did try to connect it with like. Because when this comic came out, I guess it was around the same time that they were doing a lot of, like, black exploitation movies. So, like, his name made sense. When you would read it, you're like, oh, man Because, like, those were the type of films that, that were was coming out. And those were, like, popular. how people were being represented. But my favorite character by none. But it, it was... I didn't think about it like that because I love fight scenes. But two of the girls in the podcast were very much like, oh, I'm not very into fighting. But you could tell how intense these fights were and like how meaningful they are to just like becoming a leader because you have to prove yourself. And it was like, I, I love I feel yeah. like as far as Marvel movies are concerned, there's not a lot of films in the Marvel universe yet where like a bunch of sweaty guys are shirtless. And was there like blood? Oh yeah, there's a ton of blood. So they you were like fucked up, kind of bleeding a little bit, and so and and they were in water, <laughs> and so when you fight, when you punch someone 
in water, it makes like a worse sound, I think. So just as far as I'm, we've all seen it in like harsher movies for sure. But in this Marvel film that's like full of superheroes and all this like cool tech and stuff that isn't real. There's also people like in water shirtless and they're like really sweaty and they're kind of bloody and it's like way more intense. Yeah, because the blood is running everywhere. But I also thought it was cool too that like it almost seems like they're sport almost because like their guards were in a circle around them and so like every so often they'd move in closer with their spears and it was like oh shit things can go left so quick are you like supposed to <laughs> are you supposed to throw someone off a waterfall like eric did because i don't uh, think that was the point well you have to kill them <laughs> you to, have to, to get the throne but well he didn't kill the first okay. guy he didn't kill mbaku yeah, because he just made no. M'Baku, like... Because um, he was already he king. Out. Tapped out, yeah. He oh. was already king. He didn't have to kill him. If you okay. want the throne, you need to kill the king. Um, oh, you have to kill the king, but he so didn't have to kill him. maybe that's what the waterfall oh, is okay. for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the that other part, sense. I think, you have to look at, because, like, you were talking about how intense the fighting is. And so, um, shooting someone is very impersonal. Anybody oh, yeah. can shoot anybody. But when you put hands on somebody or you use knives, it's very personal. To stab somebody is extremely personal. Oh, oh yeah. And so <laughs> so when you look at this film, nobody has guns. I mean, they shoot people in, like, the museum scene. And then outside of that, oh, nobody yeah. has guns. And so this entire film is people with claws and swords and spears. Oh, yeah. And so that's why these fight scenes are that much more intense because it's your close combat and everything is very personal. Or they're running you over with rhinos. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was just cool. I I seriously thought that... Uh, so, I thought it was cool that the get-out guy was kind of the one to portray the king. And <laughs> Yeah. And that he was uh, married to Game of Thrones girl. I don't remember names. Yeah. But I lady. thought that she was the one from How to Get Away from with Murder because... In that show, she takes off her wig a lot. There's a show like, called like, How to Get Away from With Murder? Yeah, it's with... Uh, that is the coolest name ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shonda Rhimes wrote it. She's the same chick from Scandal. But um, the lead in that show, she always takes off her wig. So she looks... They look exactly the same, bald, the two actresses. But anyways, I thought it was her. Didn't realize I it was the it girl was, from... Yeah, the um, <laughs> Wakabi and... What's the lady's name from Walking Dead? Michonne? Well, well, her real name. But her, or her name in the movie. Her real name is but the kind guard, of hard to the, remember, the lady that was the head of the guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Denai Gurira, who's also a playwright. Who played Okoye? Okoye. Okay, I don't remember them, like, standing, like, side by side, but Wakabi is also one of my favorite characters. Just because I just, I couldn't separate Daniel as, like, a normal human being, but he's, like, in this, like, costume where he's, like, wearing these, like, robes and he has, like, a staff yeah. or something, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, all I could think of was, like, just him walking around, like, on set. Yeah. But anyway, so I just thought it was, like, cute to kind of pair them up because she seems very um serious. And, I mean, he was serious, too, but I just feel like she cuddles him at night do you know what i mean oh yeah totally yeah. that was one of the the real positives in this film is that there are no women in this film that are needing to be saved oh no there, every woman yeah. in this film is extremely strong and they all take care of themselves and, and there it, are poets which is not art. something that's normally done in any, any sort of film especially not an action film and every single woman in this movie can take care of themselves 
and most of them can kill any person on the screen. I liked how they just made them look strong. Like, they're all bald. They all had tattoos on their head. They all, like, carried spears. They weren't, like, in tights. They were just in, like, armor. Yeah, and, and, like, and the time around. they do dress them up, they, they make a point to say, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Why are we wearing wigs? This is stupid. stupid. Like, <laughs> like, I don't like this. That was so, that was such a great scene. When they're walking in, where were they at in Korea? Or, yeah, when they're going into that, like, back alley casino yeah, and she's yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> and i was like yes what the fuck you looked so much better in like your armor your ball i was like i want to shave my but hair tonight <laughs> lupita's dress looked so nice on her and it looked like she stepped out of 1997 1996 green, she green dress it was uh, it was very like remember the band aqua yeah she looks like she was going to an aqua concert yeah <laughs> i mean they all looked great i just i loved that they were all just like warriors the, the costume design in this film i mean incredible. everybody looked awesome even eric killmonger's girlfriend was pretty cool before she got shot but <laughs> she was the caterer back in that museum scene it was like first of all they had planned for so long to make everything perfect because it was it was just get a catering gig well she was the caterer Claw was like a medic, and then like the guards were also part of the group, and then Eric was like the guy doing the tour, and like they were they all had their place and stuff. And I don't know, I mean, I guess she really didn't, maybe that's why she got shot and died. But like, she well, he's a super villain, he didn't, he needed her for a bit, and uh, that's basically what she was there for. Yeah, yeah, everything was with him seemed very calculated anyway, so I don't feel like the relationship he had with her, I don't feel like that was real on his end anyway. Oh, no. Not at all. I do like... He's very much a sociopath anyway, so... Well, he's a supervillain. You can't really... That's what I was trying to describe <laughs> earlier. Not not a sociopath, but he just... He makes choices. And he beats up those old ladies in the with the flowers when he that, sets yeah. them on yeah. fire. Yeah. When he yeah. Got, yeah. It's just that he's he's so very sympathetic and you're actually pretty much on his side the whole film it's just he makes these specific choices like chokes old ladies and <laughs> kills characters that you kind of like um and you get why he's doing it you just don't really want yeah. him well because to... he's going against tradition at that point yeah answers. but that part was like really when he's like burn the flowers and they're like no <laughs> 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 So speaking of the older women in this film, is anyone else tired of Angela Bassett or is it just me? I think that's just you. I've always liked Angela Bassett. I think I have the fatigue a little bit. I was what? surprised that she played the mom. But well, who else is she going to play? Well, no, she I didn't have to be like in the movie. I know. At this point. I, know. I don't know I, if she's that old, but... I she, mean, she's, she's probably in her there. 50s. Uh, she, no, I, <laughs> not that... I'm surprised she's in the movie, period. Like, usually when you see Angela Bassett, she's always either the hot chick or the hot older chick. Yeah. So it was weird well, to no, see her, like, she's gray. Always, she's always a very strong character. In every film that she plays in, she's always a Definitely. very strong character. I think maybe Angela was off for me because everything I've seen her in, she's always been... Yes, she's always been a strong character, but she's also always had a little bit of anger to her. So you're like, yeah, like she had this edge where Angela's like character in this movie seems super like soft and. I don't think she's necessarily soft, but there's not not a whole lot she could do. Yeah, like that there whole wasn't... family though was like 
T'Chaka is the father, the king that died. T'Challa. T'Challa, and the mom, Angela Bassett. I feel like all three of them are very the same. They're just the royalty. And it's weird because I haven't watched, is it Civil War that T'Challa is in for the first time? When he shows up? Uh, yeah, Captain America. So yeah. in the Captain America Civil War, I remember seeing T'Challa as like, he's in like one or two scenes. And it was so refreshing because everybody in Captain America is just like, goofballs they're basically just like they're like doing jokes and stuff yeah Yeah. and it it was refreshing to see a character like in a really nice suit and he's really put together and he's really like um formal and that was so cool and i was like i'm so excited to see black panther and and this is going to be so refreshing but then t'challa is so boring in this movie and what i like what i like about him is how respectful he is to like his his um everybody in the elder planes or whatever it is yeah but i really it's like the whole movie is like filled with all of these other more interesting characters and i have this problem a lot with heroes there's a lot of like movies where the hero is like the worst part of the film for me Mm -hmm. oh yeah because he's always like super boring but I need I need to watch that Civil War movie again. I only saw it once in theaters. But I want to know what the difference between seeing T'Challa like as a side character, being super calm and put together, and seeing him in a whole movie like that. Because I'm assuming there's no difference between his characters. Oh, so speaking of the dead, earlier we were questioning about you know when did the vibranium come to them, and why did they keep it a secret, and why didn't they prevent the slave trade and stuff. So I looked up the lore quick just to fact check. And so what happened is a meteorite strikes Wakanda and the quote is two generations before present day. So T'Chaka is the second Black Panther who's running things and protecting the vibranium since the meteorite landed. So that would put it that like they couldn't have prevented the slave trade. But this is also why they're like ahead of technology where it's at now yeah. like that so that's how they place that stuff oh okay well, that makes said, way more sense you would have said so and further <laughs> further things to clarify some things we went through was the vibranium being near it the radiation gives you it can either mutate you or give you powers the plants that like accept it are those things that they eat and that gives you superhuman powers oh so that sure. species of plant was like was just drinking up the stuff that hit and then they're mining so that just i wanted to throw that out there as clarifying some things because some people might make it this far and be really confused the reason why so does that mean the reason why killmonger is so like far advanced in everything he does like he's super intelligent and he has all these tactical skills and blah 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 is that from that ring that he kept is that made from or i was curious if their tattoos are vibranium and that's also giving uh, him it is, yeah. it is that doesn't give him power though because the power comes from the plant well just having I just, the metal i think it would you... be just enough by like because if people are getting it just oh. from the radiation i wonder if that's why they give it to their war dogs because they're not near the source also, well, isn't Captain, he... Mar- Captain America doesn't get any extra power for holding a shield. That's true. And his oh. shield is made out of vibranium. Mm. So maybe you have to be specifically from a certain tribe. Because, mm. I mean, the way they explain Killmonger as, like, a, a supervillain and not just, like, a villain is because he, like, has advanced 
intelligence, advanced tactical skills, advanced, like, everything he does, like, he does very well. Well, it seems like their people in general are just all sort of like that. I mean... Yeah. And so. was Eric was born in Wakanda, right? And his dad know. took he, him? He was born in... Oh, no, his mom was American. Yeah, yeah, I think his mom was American. Yeah. So he was probably born in Oakland. Because he doesn't he doesn't give him any of that information no. up front. He goes through the book and he finds out right. about it. Because okay. he doesn't know... When he his father gets killed, he's not aware Wait, of anything. Wait, then how did he get the tattoo on his lip? He his dad already did that? had it. He but he was born, born in America. Well, I think his... At least how the, the film does it. Because you remember he has that flashback after he drinks this stuff and he talks to his dad. His dad explains to him, yeah, this. remember I was telling you I was going to take you to Wakanda? Yeah. Because he, I think he knows of his background, but I don't think he knew what his dad actually was. Well, yeah. maybe everybody in Wakanda just knows how to do that tattoo thing, especially after a certain age. So his dad probably gave him that Because he tattoo. says he gave him the key. Because he has yeah. vibranium. He stole yeah, so that, it. Because that's how he could go to Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. 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 By having the tattoo. Yeah. yeah. That that was kind of that makes sense. my guess on that at the end. Did anybody watch this again recently, like close to recording this? Because one thing yeah. I, I picked up on the second time through, there's a bit of voiceover when it first starts. First time through, I didn't realize that was Killmonger's dad talking to him. I thought it was Black Panther's The story dad. of home? Yeah, that's Killmonger's dad. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was like, whoa, that's really heavy shit. Okay, wait, 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 wait. In my notes, I put the story of home. I wish Eric could hear that from his baba. Mm -hmm. And then I put in print in quotes, I said, we still hide, why? And I thought that that was T'Challa asking his dad why they still hid. Oh, my, my, wish, my wish came true. <laughs> I was that like, way more I, was like I wish now. Eric could hear this story. That was one of my big notes. Is like, oh my God, the first person being sure? talked to is Killmugger. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for the podcast audience, that's crying, not laughing. <laughs> that's really crazy because the way that I went into it was I knew that the story, the movie was going to be about Black Panther. So I assumed the kid and the dad talking in the beginning was the kid and the dad from Captain America Civil War because he made a big deal about, like, that was the storyline was his dad blew up in the bomb, right? T'Chaka uh, did. It was T'Chaka and T'Challa in... That's all we knew going into the Black Panther movie was that scene. So I just, my mm. mind went to that was them. And then you don't even know... Like, you're kind of following Eric Killmonger and if you read the comic books, obviously you know he's, like, a big deal. But if you don't, like me... First, you think M'Baku is going to be the villain, and then you think that Claw is going to be the big villain, but then they both kind of go into the background, and it's Eric. Or is the villain isolationism? Mm. Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think there's levels. <laughs> there's levels to the villain. It all depends film. on how you, how you see how it. How you look at this film. I feel like he's not the only villain. They just no. haven't played out the role yet. Yeah. You have to remember, like, even though it was done for good, they brought FBI to Wakanda or CIA or whoever that guy was. And yeah. so now this guy has just viewed all of the technology that you had. Yeah. And he's been missing for a while, and, so they're going to ask some questions. And this brings up, this is a, a part of the movie that I don't like. And this is, this goes just to tropes. So he becomes the white savior of this film, which really pisses Who does? me off. You the, know, the, the British FBI guy. or CIA agent. Oh, um, yeah. What's his name? Because remember, Killmonger is sending out the weapons. He's yeah. going to send them all over the planet. And now the white guy gets to save the day. 
in this completely black film. I that don't know why what? he was in the movie. <laughs> he didn't. He, he, controlled, he controlled the aircraft. He was the guy that plus he was a, planes. He was a pilot know, before, but... so he controls this aircraft that shoots down the planes that are going to send these weapons to yeah, people all across the world. So now the white character was... becomes a savior in this black film. That That is my biggest beef with this film. Especially stuff. when they spent the entire time... You seeing the sister control all these big automobiles. Like it should have been her. her. She was out fighting and she's not a fighter. And she, she has never once fought hand-to-hand combat in that entire film. She <laughs> made it. She made the, the vehicle. And conveniently in this film, I made it just like an F-16. Like, you used to fly. Like, nobody knew you were so coming here. So basically, they're really... Oh. You know what I mean? I thought, no the control. I thought she the you figured the controls. Yeah. Just the controls to be like... It. That's what I'm saying. I just figured she had tons of layouts yeah yeah could... and and on top of that she already helped out earlier driving the car like this is her technology oh, she, she could have very she easily have been this. the person to do this yeah you know what i mean and for some reason was out trying to fight this guy who has trained his entire life fighting who has nothing but scarification on his body showing you how many people he killed and this little girl who's never fought it's supposed yeah. to like somehow help defeat him yeah, it so was really don't yeah. trust the white guy unless he's <laughs> sheltered <laughs> And save <laughs> Well, on top of that, so like I said, so now you you create this white savior, which happens in every black film. There's always the white teacher that goes to the hood to save the black kids, or whatever whatever the case is. There's always the white person that does that, right? Now you have that, and on top of that, this person works for the government, and he just seen all of your crap. Yeah, everything. Right, and so now you're telling me this dude's not going to bring some of this technology back to the government? And you're already- this is the whole reason why. Uh, Black Panther and all of Wakanda doesn't let nobody come in. Exactly. (laughs) And they know, it's not like they're naive to this. Like, they started you off calling you colonizer. Like, they didn't call you by your name. And they call you that for a reason. Like, they know history. So, like, that part, it got on my nerves. Yeah. My own, the only redeeming part to that whole thing was when... Mbaku came back in and saved Does it, everybody from the rhino. Does it help at all that when he was flying the fake plane, I didn't even understand what was happening at that point. It was the only part of the movie where I didn't, I had like missed something. And I was like, why is he flying? And he was like, no, put me back in. And I was like, why? <laughs> what is it? What is I'm he doing? So I like missed the whole thing. Yeah, because that was all, that was... Before the, the, the final battle happens, Killmonger yeah. tells the, the fleet to take the vibranium weapons and send and them across send the world. And send them across. Yeah, and so yeah, they yeah. were racing to get outside of Wakanda. And yeah. so he's and he flying was... the ship to shoot everything down before it makes it out. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of shoot. got that the second time around, but that's because yeah. I was really trying to figure out what was happening. And it it's a little extra, it's extra shitty because Killmonger comes in with no allies, so... That guy is shooting Wakandans down, who they could probably give orders to come back once they deal with Killmonger. <laughs> yeah, several <laughs> minutes later. So, a little, uh, little unnecessary. Yeah. We're yeah. not exactly well, in a Vibranium doomsday scenario. Vibranium walkie-talkies don't have that much reach, so. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, that was. It was Shuri's call, though. She was like, shoot them but down. But except she was piloting a car in Korea from Africa. Yeah. So I think they have. <laughs> I had to have that range. Right. And she's like the darling princess. I I can't believe that if she would have gotten on the mic and been like, dude, you guys, there's a different way. 
like give us like five minutes well no because she was in hiding because remember her and her mom as soon as eric yeah but they came back to the lab yeah but that's why the city was fighting half of the city was fighting the other half of the city is because her and her mom were like in hiding at that point and they didn't know if they were to come back if every if they would be listened to at all well Well, yeah but she got back into her lab it's not like the planes could have I mean, she could have figured. She could have talked to them. Well, none of, I don't. None of them would have listened to her. She has no power. But after everything ended, they could have very easily, like, like he was saying, just be like, "Hey, uh, turn them back around." Never like, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, she has the technology to be like, "No, my brother's still alive. He's not king. He didn't die. He's not the oh, actual man. king." She had all the technology in the world to be like, click, click, okay, send so it to some, all the places. She was still the princess, the beloved princess that had been princess her entire life for like 20 plus years. All she had to do was send a picture and be like, no, my brother is still alive. We got him help. He was just at the bottom of the, the waterfall. I just realized that they did try to kind of take that white savior scene back a tiny bit when they have Shuri has to tell the CIA guy you have to press this button to enable the well, he's like the, goofy, the photon boosters. The goofy comic relief. So he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. What's this? But it's weird because it's like, wait a minute. So it's like, press press the vibranium release button. It's like, I don't think they, I don't think they have that on an F-16. So how, how where did she like, add this button? Yeah. So the white saber thing was super annoying because she had all technology in the world. You can't send a video out of your brother being alive still fighting in the fields. So that you can tell people, like, you're either going to turn around or I'm going to shoot you down because I built these planes. I know how they work. Also, you built those damn planes. You could just press a button and they all fall to the earth. There's so many. There's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes. A lot of holes. Just so they can fit that If they sent that white guy on the battlefield, he would have just started shooting people. (laughs) It wouldn't have been a very good fight scene. It would have just been... Because he wanted to go fight. He was like, no, let me go fight. Which would have made more sense. Like, no, put him in a Black Panther suit and let him go fight. Because you can lose him in the crowd of all these people and animals. And, bull- and like, have him in a suit so people don't see him as, like, just some weird white guy. Because they're going to be like, who the hell is this? And I still don't get, why would you save him? There is just nothing. Well, the good guys. There is nothing. There is no reason to save him that, at all. There's that was the more troubling nothing. thing to me was that you know he's not so Black Panther in this movie isn't his father. He's gonna give later on in the movie. He's going to try and offer mercy to Killmonger, but it like starts with him offering mercy to everybody, including the CIA guy who got shot. Well, it's like, well, he didn't know his dad was a I know uncle why, I know why they did it. Um, this is hearsay because I don't remember this because I've seen every Avengers movie like once but apparently that character the CIA agent he's in like even though I thought I had never seen him before until this movie apparently he's in like a couple of the movies so far so we're supposed to be like oh he can't die I love him <laughs> even though you've seen him for five minutes I actually in, like, thought there movies? must have he's not a memorable character. No, Freeman. no I didn't remember him Martin Freeman mm. has he I don't remember seeing him in a Marvel movie so and I usually I like, that, like see Martin you Freeman it are you looking it up yeah see no, how many no, of the I Marvel like movies you're thinking he's about been in. um Mar- Martin Freeman doesn't look that um he looks too men in blackish he... to me yeah what like... to me he looks like a little baby mouse. Well, like he, he is. A well, I'm saying he looks Men in Blackish in the in the because Men in Black is such a comicy sort of goofy film. Like he he fits that role 
if this was supposed to be goofy. He was only in Civil War. Mm. He wasn't in a bunch of them. Well, then, because I, I read it, and then I heard it in a podcast earlier. So then, never mind. So One. then he was just in Civil per- War. He was in Civil War and Black Panther now. Okay. Like, that's basically... But I believe right. Shout that... Shout out to him for getting those checks. In, yeah. <laughs> in Civil War, he was talking about... But not for the about... Hobbit. You fucked up Martin Freeman on the <laughs> he Hobbit. He was talking about Wakanda in Civil War. He was somehow already tied to, like, the Black Panther thing. Oh, so they kind of kept him alive. Oh, they have a scene where it's like, didn't I save your life sort of thing. I I I think that whoever was in charge of making the Black Panther movie, they're like, well, they've all seen Civil War 20 times, so they'll know who this is. Oh, no. (laughs) Not even once. Well, they've tied in multiple storylines into Black Panther anyway. The podcast I was listening to, they didn't talk about that. They said the annoying part to them was when Killmonger pretty much fell on the sword, and I was like, oh, I loved that part. It was so sad. I was like, don't die. I want to see you in the next movie. Like, I want you to be part of the next movie. And I don't still understand be a why he died, except for to deliver some amazing lines. <laughs> but I feel like he could have said that in a different way, not because he was dying. But, like, I don't understand why he had to die, because he was... He just didn't want to be caged. He was a... I think he thought he was going to be pretty much put in prison. I feel like... And that's the thing, is I feel like they would have put him in prison, because they were assholes to him to begin with. And Wakanda does not operate how my mind operates, apparently. So they probably would have put him in some sort of a jail. No, I feel like... No, I just want to say that he is a victim as much as he is a villain, which is another way of describing how what we were trying to or say about him earlier because he's like a victim and because he's the victim he has made these like bad choices that we wouldn't make yeah but i just maybe i've watched too much anime but like usually a lot of the villains when they're kind of on the edge like that they just become like part of the team eventually like they become a good guy and i think that or maybe not maybe he wouldn't have wanted to be the good guy but i feel like he could have worked around some way to just not be the villain anymore. I think if he would have stayed alive, they would have made him the good guy, which would have been super annoying. If he... Really? Oh, yes. It's always super yeah, annoying that after much five anime. minutes of cake and tea, all of a sudden you don't want to revenge and kill people when you've killed people your entire life and you liked it. That's what happens on Sailor Moon <laughs> and Naruto all the time. <laughs> it, just, it just gets really annoying when, like... That's why people think, like, oh, if you're just nice, like, no one will hurt you. Like, that's not a thing. Like, if people like hurting people, they like hurting people. It just would have been really nice to see him as a villain evolve more. Like, he's gone, and there's no evolution to him being, like, the villain. But also seeing, like, two sides of the track, it's just, it's sad that, like, that's not going to keep continuing. It sucks because it wasn't until after he was kind of, like, fatally wounded and he was dying that him and T'Challa were just like, let's go watch the sunset together and now we're just going to talk because I'm dying and we're not going to fight anymore. And I was like, why couldn't... He just not die and they could still have a cool conversation like That's this and be like, how I felt. yeah, like, right. It would be nice if those two can be like, I'm cool with you, but I still want to destroy the world and take over everything. And for Black like, Panther to be like, well, I guess I'll just be here to stop you. Eric, <laughs> like the Joker and Batman. No, yeah, no, it no, just no, 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 no. Eric <laughs> could have gone to live with M'Baku. In the mountains. No. No. Mba- no. Yes, because and they could Sully be like, M'Baku? <laughs> no. Don't do this to No, you wouldn't. They would just be like, we both hate 
Wakanda. They don't hate they don't Wakanda. Hate. M- Mbaku doesn't hate Wakanda. Mbaku's poly- part of a different cult. Yeah. yeah, they're all part of different tribes. But they don't. But doesn't hate- he not live in Wakanda because he was like, "Fuck Wakanda"? No, well, they, no, Wakanda's they one part. There's you have tribes that all make Wakanda. There's like four T'Challa different tribes. T'Challa is just the head. So he's in Wakanda. He's just not in the city. His he tribe wants to live. just lives in the mountains. Okay. Yeah. And so all those groups that were there, they all came in. So what really what I think with him, I think he knew he was never going to get full acceptance even if he, like let's I say know. they saved him because he's already done too much, right? It just and makes so me sad. there I don't think there realistically was a way for him to go back and he's definitely not going back to Oakland. And so I think for him it was just like he had the realization that maybe the way I did this wasn't the right way and he explains his point and I think T'Challa sees okay, yeah, I see where we're messing up too. So his point's been made, and now he's looking at the sunset where his father said, I'm going to bring you to see the sunset. So now I think he's just accepted. So I, I'm finally looking at the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. And anything less than this is just going to be awful. It's yeah. just kind of a tragic. I've, I kind of see this more now, but people were saying that this movie reminds them of like a Shakespeare play or something yeah. like that. And I do see how it's, to me, like, the most tragic thing is when he's dying. And it's like, T'Challa is finally like, yeah, you're right. We'll do the thing that you were going to do in the first place, but, like, a little bit different. (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole, I... (laughs) But then he doesn't really do that, though, because it's like, so after this whole thing, it's like, well, just open the school in Oakland. Like, yeah, I know. I know, I know. Well, no, but, no, they went to, they went, they were in Congress, remember? Or not Congress, but the UN, and all the countries were like, well, what the hell are you going to bring to the table? Like, you're in a yeah, third world country tell... or whatever, and they're like, wait, so we have the secret that we have not told any of you. <laughs> yeah. You can't find us. If you try, you will get lost. But we do have something that can help the world. I, wait, I'm assuming none of us have seen the new Avengers movie, huh? No. Because so, they're in that movie. <laughs> so T'Challa doesn't want to, like, he doesn't really see why ending isolation is a great idea. His love interest is like, we need to help the world, and he's right. still kind of not embracing that. Yeah. But then he sees how bad they failed Wakandan, and it's like, it, there's a lot of driving force <laughs> for... You know, obviously setting up a bunch of movies that Black Panther will be in later. Yeah. But, like, it's also, like, how their relationship with the outside world is going to take place. It was one of those annoying things that always happens to people in power where they see the injustice that's going on and they're like, well, glad it's not me. And then once they figure out one of their family members is happening to them, they're like, oh, but wait, we should care about this issue. Yeah, that's like, how I felt. It was pretty much like how it was going, because they knew, and that was the other annoying thing, like when they would, like it was funny when they're like colonizer, but at the same time it was like, how are you literally any different? Like you saw all the pain enough to know to tease this guy about being a colonizer, but did nothing. I don't know why <laughs> I haven't heard you hardly had... anyone bring this up except for me and you. Like, no one else talks about this. I think that's the biggest part of the movie. That's the whole reason why Killmonger is the villain. <laughs> I just, I wonder how long they're going to run this storyline because Marvel films tend to, they go so long and then they reboot it. 
So you never get to any of the cool storylines. Are you saying that in like 25 years they're, they're going to remake every single event? Well, they don't even <laughs> wait that long because Spider-Man's been done I know. multiple times already. It's like they get so far and then they start them over. But with like with Black Panther though, so like his love interest in this film, that's one thing. But in the comic books, he was married to Storm. So I'm wondering if, if they ever play that storyline out. Because Sony still has X-Men, right? And that's why they haven't crossed over. And Marvel's been doing, like, Marvel did Spider-Man Home. Does, so, does Sony still have it? Because Disney bought out a bunch of the stuff, right? They or must they have buy because um, cause Sony, I think, still has Venom. So they're doing that Venom movie now. Disney must have bought Fox's stuff. Because that was the yeah, issue. That was that's the issue it, with, that's it. That's why they did. people were scared that Deadpool wasn't going to be rated R. Because Disney doesn't make rated R films. Oh, worry not. You guys know that we have to do Venom now, right? Because he's a villain, yeah. He, well... There hasn't really been a good film, Venom, yet. We'll see how this Tom Hardy one is. But is he a is. villain? Yeah. I don't know about this movie. The person, not necessarily. Well, mm, no, Carnage's yeah. character is definitely... Carnage is a Definitely villain. a villain. But, but there's already, like, I don't know if it's Vice or BuzzFeed, but it's like, meet the women and men... That want to fuck Venom. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it's all these, like, captions of, like, tweets and stuff and Tumblr memes. Yeah. I feel like that's more associated with the actor than the actual. No. Villain. He has a long tongue. Oh, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because Venom, Venom is a, he's basically a, an alien parasite that takes over a host. Apparently that's hot, so now we have to do oh, that. Because I was like, I was like, I don't want to watch that movie Venom. I don't want. I have no interest in seeing that. And then all of a sudden, Tumblr and Twitter were like, I'm gonna fuck Venom, and I was like, Well, <laughs> now we have to. It was a know, great video game. At some point. Mm. And the video game was awesome back in the day. I'm super <laughs> I don't know about about fucking him though. I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but, but I don't. I don't remember Venom's like the. The host. I don't remember how if he was an evil person or not. I know Carnage was a serial killer. Yeah, and, and I think so like that's all. I I know he's completely just sadistic. I don't think so. I think Venom's first in the comics. The first guy he attaches to is somebody from some uh, Peter Parker's high school. It's like the jock. Yeah. So he's not a bad guy. Like he's not a serial killer. Like Carnage. Maybe he's just a bully host. or whatever. Yeah. But... Yeah. Okay. So there is there is a Venom comic series where it is like well he's. He's a good guy. I want to say the guy is Flash Thompson, but yeah. I'm like, uh, it's, been, it's been a little <laughs> too long. Name? It's not Flash Gordon. It's not like Mike Thompson. Flash Thompson. I think, yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you always, like, their, their names, I feel like comic book names are borderline like wrestling names. I don't they even, are. like, I don't even respond well to the name Killmonger. I feel like that's really hokey. But then his American name is Eric Stevens. That doesn't sound as cool as Killmonger. Neither of them sound cool to me. I like... Eric's well, I think Killmonger, <laughs> I think you get the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's just <laughs> pokey to me. My name's Killmonger. I expect I expect that guy to kill some shit. I would expect someone named Njadaka to kill some shit too, and I would prefer that over <laughs> his other names, like Eric Stevens. Yeah. His actual Wakanda name does still sound like a murderer. A lot of them are really cheesy like that, though. Do, do any of any of you guys have closing thoughts about the movie before uh, I go into other bits and pieces? The Steven surname means crown, by the way. Well, nice. Just throwing it in there. Fact check, <laughs> fact check, a ruski. Uh, 
Umbaku does not get enough credit in the movie. He was a great character. In the movie he doesn't, but in our pop culture, that's most people's favorite character is either Umbaku or Shiri. Oh, God. Well, yeah. he just has that amazing... His he, presence is he insane. Has the amazing like connection to the roots. And he's um, a vegetarian. Super cool visualization of fur. like their city and everything. And then the I whole know, vegan line. They said that line. they don't eat. It. <laughs> or when they when they said that they're vegetarians, it's like it's a good line. It's super. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like you built us up to this point, and you the and fur, I like you flipped he, us uh, on. The fur could come from the animals that pass away naturally. It, you're right. Him, <laughs> him and Killmonger though are not really that much different. No. I mean they they his character for the most part every time you see him is trying to kill Black Panther because mm-hmm. he wants to be the king. Especially at the beginning. <laughs> it's interesting no, though No, but he kept him alive in the mountains and, when they found him. And they yeah. show That's Mbaku for the movie. first. I'm saying in the comic book, Oh, he spends pretty much all his time trying to kill him. Oh, okay. Every time, like, you could even the cartoons that they had him in, that dude shows up to kill Black Panther <laughs> all the time. <laughs> In the movie, it was interesting because he exists within Wakanda in a tribe that, like, definitely has criticisms of the main, like, leadership and is, you know, willing to fight for that. But then they introduce Killmonger, who's been sorely wronged by that same and has more criticisms. So it's like, (laughs) it was cool to have a contrast of, like, here's an aggressive character, here's your villain. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What I also liked about him was, like, I like that their tribe was kind of, like... It was the tribe that everyone kind of looked crazy at because everyone else dressed in silk and linens, looked all nice, and they just came in in boots and fur. That's no shirts, acting crazy. And that's, <laughs> no. that's also now that you pointed that out, that is kind of a problematic trope because they are the savages. I know. Well, that's why his main name back in the. But he likes it that way. Like, that's how they want to look. That's how they want to dress. That's how they want to Well, they live in the act. mountains. Like, what else can you do? And they like it. Yeah, like, that's their tribe. It almost feels like, especially in the beginning of the movie, where they talked about how all these tribes would fight each other, but then there was a peace treaty, and then everybody went to their corners. It was almost like they were thrown to this, like, corner. Because everyone like, else can like wear really light clothing. Everywhere else is really sunny and tropical. Did it tropic. say that they were banished, or did it say not that banished, they broke but off like and like went? They were like way made they to wanted. split. Yeah. But it was almost like this group was like, "Well, you're going here." Yeah, I felt yeah. like they were. They just wanted to live simple and yeah. like the very like. They just like the snowy mountains. Very yeah, simplistic and like it's multiple tribes. So, but they're very them, intelligent. Yeah, yeah. none of these tribes are banished. They're no. just my tribe. Okay. It's just like the United States is built up of states. These tribes have their own locations. Yeah, and Hawaii was like, we'll go in the water. They <laughs> <laughs> choose. Yeah. Well, no, it just seemed there's obviously there's something about this tribe because I mean when everyone else showed up for this event. They're all, it's not like they were covered in fur because they're cold. Like, they obviously live somewhere where they, where, like, the temperature is a lot warmer. Like, these people specifically are in the mountains somewhere. It was almost like they were the hillbillies of that community when they're not really the hillbillies. Like, they could probably fight. They obviously can fight better than any of them because at the end of the movie, they came in and saved everything. Every tribe. <laughs> that's, why I use, that's why I use the the word savage, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, you can really ruin your childhood if you really look deep into it. But it's like, 
I mean, it, it, you can see it throughout cartoons and everything throughout history. There's always that what's European is civilized and what is brown people are savages. So, like, you have these people, this group that are living in the mountains, living a more simplistic lifestyle. They're not using the technology. They are looked at as lesser than than everybody else. And it, it really is that way. Because it, that it's very clear that that group is not I mean, it's not part of the greater whole. But no, that's, no. that's what makes Killmonger. Killmonger the... is so like interesting here because they see him as a savage when he tries to come back to a Condon life. Does Angela Basket Basket <laughs> Basket Angela Basket Angela Basket <laughs> Does she say the word savage in the movie? No, but does she made... call it Eric something? She's like, oh, you something. Uh-huh. I almost no, feel like I remember I don't remember any that. of that. But, like, they make that try... It makes it very clear in the movie, without actually saying it, that, like, they are those people. Right. Because they're the only tribe to actually um, try to take the crown. No other tribe in that entire community wanted to take the crown from... Black Panther, but these people, but those and people, so but then, and when they she came, said it. <laughs> I'll say it again. And when they came in, they were acting like those people. Like they came in, they're not wearing shorts, they're wearing all fur. Who, who, who? Like they were being loud and obnoxious, but like in a, the greatest way possible. But I feel like that's what Wakanda's fault again. Yes. The city where they were like they're. Thinking they're all crazy and and whatever different, but like that's how they wanted to be. I can't remember the name of the tri- the mountain tribe, and it's like that's what they like. That's how they want to dress. That's how they want to. Yeah, they want to do the ooh, ooh thing. Yeah, it um, was intimidating, and that's what a lot of tribes do. Like even when you see like a uh, like New Zealand like before a rugby game like. They do the whole, like, thing before they, like, start their game. Like, that's a whole, like, Polynesian thing, and that's what you would do before war. Like, you wanted to make sure, like, they knew. Like, I'm crazy. I'm not afraid to die. I'm here to show off. And he was, like, taking it all back to, like, when it was tribal. So I just think that when when you see them coming in at first, you might think that Mbaku is going to be like the villain of the movie until like mm-hmm. the movie continues but after that it's more like I think that's just there to show that Wakanda has this like attitude oh yeah about itself because the mountain tribe they didn't agree with the vibranium thing and they didn't like what was going on in the city so they left and that's how they want to be and so if Wakanda is going to be all, like, snooty, but, like, I, I get that they're, like, really hostile and, like, really whatever, but I feel like the people that live in the city, I feel like it's their problem that they're reacting that way. Well, yeah, because they're super bougie about everything. Bougie. <laughs> like, they were, like, the bougie tribes, and they were like, no, we want to keep things how they were. We want to live the this way that we This episode's going to be, lived. like, three hours long. Because I have so much to go through already still. Yeah, because it's, it's the... Drop, de- cr- drop crotch pants! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I forgot to mention earlier about Eric's clothes. The hipster disguise. Well, they, they don't have... Because it, they want their tradition. It's kind of like if you look at countries that don't accept like Western culture are like immediately looked at as evil places. And it's sort of the same thing. Because really those guys are like 
the people living in, the, in these in the mountains they really just don't want any influence because they're saying you guys are because that's really their beef right it's like you're you're stepping outside you're taking this technology you're stepping outside you're helping all these people like we just need to worry about us and stop doing all that extra you yeah know what i mean that's really they don't they don't want it they're the most ultra conservative group in the in the oh yeah totally out of everybody it's almost north korea in a sense where it's just like we just don't want anybody else's influence. Well, if they don't have a lot of, like, excess mm. stuff to, like, play with and a lot of, like, fashion and, like, whatever else that the city has, there's so much else to do that your lifestyle is just stricter by nature. Because you have to do all this extra stuff. Oh, yeah. And that group is not vegetarian. They live in the snow. There's no vegetables growing out there. I know. <laughs> they could have ate that guy... At that scene. <laughs> <laughs> They're vegetarians. They just kill, they just skin the animals that die. No, they only eat meat. Um, all right. Are we good? I think I'm yeah. just going to try and list off everything just to get through <coughs> some of it. To do what? Well, just to address the one thing. What? He was asking about where they might go with this. The this story arc. arc. Well, guess what? Yo. None of us have seen the new Avengers movie. I haven't seen the new Avengers. Probably I have, tell us. I haven't seen the new Avengers movie, but um, in the comics, Killmonger gets revived after being killed and has staged a coup while Black Panther is off doing Avengers stuff. So this is stuff that this villain could come back, presumably later on. Who? Killmonger, Killmonger. could. He's he's dead. Yes. Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Thanos does what Thanos does then everybody should just be dead anyway so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that plays out when we watch the movie but thanos yeah. is like that was the big spoiler the universe was killed that's yeah, that, nice. when you look at like the the i mean ultra villain i mean you know if, you, if there's somebody you don't want to be stuck in that elevator with thanos and apocalypse thanos always reminded of me of each other <laughs> yeah because they like had like the same body type and wore silks yeah okay go on I, okay, uh, I went online and I was immediately bombarded by Eric Reader fanfiction, which I think is just a brand new thing because that was never popular before. The only other time I've run into it is when we were doing research for Pennywise from the new It film. So I feel like the newer the film, people tend to like react to it in the same ways oh yeah like that word also came up again the word zaddy which i found out what that meant finally what is it it's a term for a very handsome guy who is appealing and looks really fashionable he has to have swag and sex appeal and look sexy and attractive which i can label eric killmonger that but maybe not pennywise which is where we first saw that word come up so many times it's such a Lame word. Zad- Zaddy. Z- Just Ooh. call him daddy Ooh. like everyone else does. Maybe we have to be like 11 years old to like okay. really or feel, teenagers. I don't feel know. it. That seems There's super a, lame. I want to say it was uh, Charlemagne's podcast recently. He had some guests on there from the Breakfast Club that used the word zaddy as well. Really? And I, I want to say. That How did it come out in their speech? I want to say they, de- they described it as like a sugar daddy but one that really pays all of your bills. Oh. I guess I could see Pennywise being a zaddy. <laughs> no, I can't see him as that at all. Uh, okay, well... If I remember how they explained it, right? I, w- I want to say it was like... Because they were saying you can you can call somebody daddy, like, in bed, 
on a, on a in a sexual way. But when you say zaddy, it's it's and then he pays all your bills. Z, pays all the bills. Z as that, in everything, mm. like oh, so it's an S sugar daddy. So there you no, it's, they spelled it with a Z though. It's a oh. Z. Okay, but Z, <laughs> Z as in Z, like everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I um, thought that's just what sugar daddies did. Is that not what sugar daddies did? They didn't just pay all your bills. I think it's money. like the ultimate sugar daddy. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I, I'll accept that description over the one that I read. Um, I just Google searched it. <laughs> Urban Dictionary did real quick. Yeah. Um, let's see. Michael B. Jordan really loves anime, so he's super into the whole um, Eric Killmonger looks like Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z oh. thing. And then there's also a lot of memes of Eric Killmonger loving anime. So there's like all these jokes. I didn't save any, but um, the cosplay has been really nice so far. So all the guys and girls doing um, Killmonger cosplay, they all have like different ways of doing their hair. So like no matter how long your hair is, they figure it out so that it translates into like Eric Killmonger hair. It's really nice. When that when Black Panther came out, like the very next episode of WWE Raw. They had. <laughs> there's a group on there called the New Day, and they all dressed up in like African like type garb. Aww. And one of them has dreads, and yeah. he had his up like Killmonger style. Oh boy! And they all like kind of played the, the, a certain character in the film, which I thought was entertaining. And they did it for the entire month because it was like they're like this whole month is just going to be extra black. <laughs> so, That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a girl. I wish I could look up this person again because she actually is online but all I can remember is I heard a story early on when Black Panther came out that um, it was a younger girl she was in the theater and I believe it was the scene where they show Eric Killmonger in the museum and she she was like <gasps> and her retainer snapped Aww. so she snapped her oh, retainer I, did, I saw that yeah that was yeah. like a big like deal he said he was gonna uh, pay for it for her. yeah and he tweeted her that's what it was yeah oh man there was a really like young girl in the theater when i first went to see this who started off when like michael b jordan was on was like oh my god i love that guy and like the audience were all just like ha ha and then later in the movie she's like oh i hate that guy oh, no. like just talking to her parents and we were like oh man this <laughs> is great. such a roller coaster ride for you <laughs> little girl <laughs> uh. last but not least i have I got some hashtags from Tumblr specifically. It's like when someone posts something on Tumblr, mm -hmm. they can put hashtags for whatever. So they usually use that as a chance to um, add some flourish. Mm -hmm. So for Eric Killmonger specific posts on Tumblr, my favorites were um, hashtag oh whoa my puthy. <laughs> Spelled P W U T H Y. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Hashtag. Anyways, I'm absolutely. <laughs> Why did I save this? <laughs> nope. You gotta read it. I don't want to read it. No. Read it. What is it? it? Oh, they just said nutting. Oh. Anyways, I'm absolutely. Uh, hashtag he could get the entire <laughs> suck from me to be honest. <laughs> they made that oh, That's the other thing I wanted to bring so up. <laughs> this is the other thing I wanted to bring up is this was the second most vulgar group of fans that I've come across for What was the first one? 
just the penny the people penny- that were like oh, pennywise, pennywise from it they were very vulgar too but these were almost more so in their descriptions yeah pennywise was super um let's see that was <clears throat> no Oh my gosh, they did a good job. Oh, I think I've seen that picture. Oh, We're no. looking at the picture of the wrestlers. There's like a blue cloak. Oh, dude. He even did all the dots. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love their hair. God, they... Look at the guy in the cloak, too. This is really cool. Okay. Um, hashtag, whoa, that's my dad. Hashtag, Michael B. Jordan with gold fangs is husband material. That's a long hashtag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hashtag God, if you're out there. Has- Send me Michael B. Jordan. Hashtag Owen Wilson voice. Whoa. <laughs> so those are the hashtags. Um, I also have a Creep Corner story that I sought out and received in abundance. So this is by uh, Tumblr user Njadaka's Rage. And just in case you need a spelling, it's N-J-A-D-A-K-A-S-R-A-G-E. So they even, so no one's ever done this before. I asked them to write something in for the podcast so I could read it. And they posted their response as a Tumblr post. And they got um, 164 notes on what they said, which is very impressive. Okay, so they said, um, the Super Hot Bad Guy podcast wanted me to write about why I like Eric so much, so here it goes. One of the biggest things I liked about Eric was that he was so bold and not afraid to speak his fucking mind. I love the fact that he was determined to go to one of the most advanced places on earth, which just so happened to be where he was truly from, and tell them black people were... And tell them black people were struggling all around the world. That's not a... I'm trying to see if this was misspelled. I think they're just missing a comma. Okay, that's okay. Yes, I think Wakanda is a fucking cool place. But when you sit down and think about what happened all those years to black people and realize that Wakanda sat there and did nothing... Y'all sitting here uncomfortable must feel good. There's about a billion people who look like us whose lives are a lot harder. That's a quote from Eric from the movie. Those were the lines that won me over, not only because it was bold to say that in front of the elders, but because I could tell that, including me, every African-American that watched Black Panther had to think at least once, what if Wakanda was real? Would they accept us? Would they share with us? Why wouldn't they? And that throne room scene answered those questions very clearly. Black people never had the weapons or the firepower to overrun their oppressors. Where was Wakanda? That's also a quote from Eric. Um, Bloop, and no, this isn't me bashing T'Challa. Why would I bash him when he was the first king to open Wakanda to the public? This is me explaining why I fell in in a conflicted love with Eric Killmonger as a character and as a villain. Yeah, he does some fucked up shit while trying to be a revolutionary. Parentheses, killing Linda without an explanation. Nearly killing Shuri, his little cousin. But the fact that he is so devoted so to bring justice to his people made me so conflicted with him when he died. Overall, I love Eric, not only because he was played a very... Not only because he played a very attractive man, but because... I, I can't... I can't handle it when I can't understand what people are saying. 
What's the last sentence? Overall, I love Eric not only because he was played by a very attractive man, but because he as a character was so layered and was a damn good villain. I hope this helps. A smiley emoticon. Should have just had you read it. I said before I'm never going to read again on this podcast, and here I am. But anyway, thank you. This was so cool, and obviously everybody else loved it because it got a whole bunch of notes and reblogs and people being like, yeah, tell them. You're right. It was Wesley Snipes did want to do Black Panther. I bet he did. So then he did Blade. I wonder if they asked him if he wanted to be in the movie. I wonder that, too, because if he wanted to do it 20 years ago, it would be kind of messed up. But, yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter all that much, but Blade is a Marvel character. Oh, so he couldn't be in... Well, a lot of people are always like, well, Blade was the first Marvel movie. It wasn't the Hulk or Iron Man. Yeah. But it's just that if you want to include Blade into your Marvel rewatch, that's legit. Maybe they're going to bring Blade back. What? (laughs) Who's going to play Blade? Wesley Snipes. Um, Yeah, that would actually be still really cool. Um, Why do you think they didn't cast him in Black Panther? Confirmed. Blade 4. <laughs> Kills Thanos. Spoiler. Ooh. Oh, my God. That would be... That would be great. That would be like... The he Howard still the looks great. He um, aged nice. Actually, he could probably play a better Blade than ever before. Yep. I just wanted to say thanks again to Njadaka's Rage. I didn't say name on their Tumblr, but um, thanks again because I asked a couple of people and they never... They were the only one that got back to me, <laughs> for sure. Um, so that was awesome. Okay, game time. Let's do it. <laughs> um, what food would Eric Killmonger be? My read on this is something gross that... <gasps> something gross that Americans that eat that wouldn't be accepted. In Wakanda? Where, like, a, a tr- like more like a bastardization of a dish. Like a hot dog? That, like, American sushi that just has cucumber in it. <laughs> That, like, the Japanese would never eat. Something on that level. Oh, okay. I think, I think sushi, I think you're going the right way with sushi. But I'm thinking, what's that puffer fish that, as long as you cut it right, oh, it's great. Oh, oh yeah, but, yeah. Sea urchin. We've already done it. No, but if you, puffer fish. No, no puffer there's a puffer fish. fish in Japan. Oh, oh yeah. And as long as you cut it right, it's fine. But if you break oh, the sack no. in it, it kills you. Yeah. So if I you think... <laughs> do it the wrong way, it gets really violent and it kills you. Yeah. Like Eric Killmonger. See, that's a good one. Yeah, that is actually... Uh... Let me see if I can find it. That way we can get um, an official name. I'm going to do an American hot dog, but like covered with like corn and like sauerkraut and mustard and like all that stuff added onto it. But because a hot dog is actually from an animal... And you basically fuck it all up and you put it into this. And like hot dogs are kind of like a trashy food in America. And it's a very like American food. But it used to be like this really amazing, like it was meant to be this like kind of sacred animal. So is it a mixed Mm -hmm. meat thing? Like half chicken, half pork hot dog? It's just a fuck. It's not an all beef, right? (laughs) Well, aren't hot dogs supposed to be from pigs though? And then the fancy hot dog is like an all-beef hot dog, even though it's just as bad for you. I guess. Um, All-beef definitely tastes better. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so depending on whether or not hot dogs are actually supposed to be beef or pig, (laughs) pick an animal. And I feel like that's Eric Kimmonger for me. I don't want this to sound super black, but it's the one thing I can say that kind of explains his character. I'm going to call him Chitlins. Mm. Because 
Chitlins are disgusting. I don't care who you are. It's just gross. What is chitlins? Pig intestines. It's like, it's a really southern thing, like, really black thing. I have not heard a white person talk about chitlins before. But it is not accepted everywhere, but some people really love it. So, Like Eric Uh, Killmonger? Yeah. (laughs) Basically what you had was, during slavery times, the worst cuts of meats were given to the slaves, right? And which were mostly organ meats. Mm -hmm. And so... That's where chitlins basically became a thing. Is that you know you make something out of nothing. So that's a good one. So now when you look, so at, it makes me sad. Yeah. So when you look at most southern cuisine, it starts from. I mean, it's coming from basically um, these African slaves mixed with, um, in a lot of case cases like uh, French Creole. I mean, that's really where a, a lot of soul food dishes come from. It's these kind of slave dishes mixed with that. But yeah, that's where chitlins comes from. It's definitely an acquired taste. It's also yeah. abandoned. Okay, good because I thought abandoned meat like kill I thought you were just like he's yeah. intestines, and I was like, no, he's not gross. A... He's beautiful. It's more just it's like gutsy. Yeah. It's more just it's like cultural. Shit. Like uh, I've tried it, not my thing. It makes your house smell like it shit, so terrible. it's not yeah. my thing personally. But a lot of people still really love it. Like our dad, uh, like he, he'll kill it. Yeah, he will eat. The whole but he's from New Orleans, pot. so. I mean. But mom doesn't allow him to cook it in the house because it smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, that puffer fish is called a fugu. Fugu. I remember. Yeah. I think chitlins is actually, yeah, pretty good as far as like, his whole thing is like trying to go back to his roots. And if you took chitlins back to their roots, like, I don't think they'd be into it. Uh, I yeah. think that's a really good analogy. Plus, he, like, it's awful, which is like stuff that other people throw away and yeah. Kilmar kind of gets tossed, tossed. aside so yeah. it's pretty apt uh we didn't talk about this as much which i didn't expect us to but um on the topic of eric being hot so oh definitely so is eric killmonger hot or not yes i find him hot as eric killmonger but him as just like Michael G. Borden or Jordan. Michael I... G. Borden. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Michael G. Jordan. Angela Baskin. <laughs> Should be Michael J. Uh, Borden, really. Whoops. My bad. Uh him as his normal self, I mean, he's cute, but him as Eric Killmonger, he's hot. I absolutely agree with you. I think that's what I was going for before when I was like, it looks like someone took Michael B. Jordan as like a paper doll and just added a bunch of night cooler stuff to him yeah because he's so smiley and in the museum scene when he's asking about like the stuff behind the glass he's kind of acting like a boyish like more like michael b jordan himself yeah and then he gets an attitude about him and you're like yeah eric killmonger he has this like kind of scowl and he has this attitude where mm-hmm. i feel like his girlfriend probably got a lot of mileage out of him and and I I'm also attracted to him because I love villains that where you can tell that they're actually really good people and they have like a reason for what they're doing and you feel like something for them you know, um, but yeah I think he's uh, fantastic. I thought he was hot, <laughs> and I thought he just provided this perfect. I think Michael B. Jordan killed it with his like physical mannerisms, like when they're squaring up to fight. Chala's really tight squared up but um michael b jordan slayed it with the really kind of like i don't know how to describe it like almost goose stepping but just like really like 
really aggressive way he was moving and like it was just completely different to all the wakandans yeah and yeah just pretty pretty sublime brendan i got it right <laughs> right <laughs> you did yeah. the, uh eric killmonger hot or not i guess I don't, I don't really care one way or the other i guess Perfect that's, guess. The point of the Perfect podcast. Guess. that's the point of the podcast <laughs> that's fair <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was is great. Very helpful. I I feel so excited and like happy like when we have guests. So it's really nice to have like a fourth person to like bounce stuff off of with and get information from. <laughs> well, especially because I don't know comic books, and he's very knowledgeable about yes. a I'm, lot of different. I'm things. knowledgeable to an extent. Yeah. I basically as a as a kid, I had a friend who dropped off an entire box of old comics. And a lot of them were in order. And so I was oh, able to read multiple nice. storylines yeah. <laughs> of like Alpha Flight, Fantastic Four, X-Men, mostly Marvel. Cool, um, perfect. So oh my like, gosh, that's perfect. That's where my, my knowledge goes. Because after that, like I said, when I turned about, I don't know, 13, 14, somewhere around there, I stopped reading it. And like I don't watch every film that comes out. I'll catch them eventually unless it's something i really want to see but you know i'm not still in it it's just i read a lot of it as a kid they yeah. dropped that box off and you're like this is my life now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i read a lot of it back then. i think there's still so nice. like a huge box in the garage i gave just... away i gave it away to somebody oh okay uh yeah black panther was totally something that i think all of us separately as soon as we saw eric killmonger we were like oh i guess we're doing this now it was, like, obviously a given, so I'm glad we finally got to do it. Um, <laughs> find us uh, under usually Hot Bad Pod, but you can just Google the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast. And our our Facebook will show up and our Twitter account and our, um, our Tumblr account. And we also would love to have more people follow us on iTunes because I think that's a really easy way to listen to our podcast because it just shows up when we update. Um, send in a creep corner story like the one that we read tonight and it can be about whichever character you'd like have a good night creep it sleazy and uh, ask for permission from Dan what was that one from? ask for permission from Dan I forget it came about organically oh okay oh I was the only one that said goodbye bye bye